0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Sofa with Sisu with me, Ola G. Day.
1: And me, Louisa.
0: And on this beautiful episode, uh, we talk about (laughs) ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) What better episode to listen to than this one, eh? We are basically moving on from last week's conversation around uh, storytelling. We are telling our stories,
1: telling our own stories. We are
0: telling our stories. Listen up. Listen, everyone. It's juicy. It is juicy.
1: Enjoy.
0: (laughs) Hello. 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 How are you?
1: very well, thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like two seconds in, I've always had a laugh. I don't understand like <laughs> laugh straight away. Do
1: you know what it is I find funny? Obviously, we ask each other how we are. And we're like, we just traveled here together. <laughs> <laughs> and had a little combo on the way. But you know, for the pers- pur- blah, 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 purposes of the CC society.
0: For, for our CC society and for the, for, yeah. <clears throat> For those yet undecided. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we've got an icebreaker to start us off with before we jump into the normal episode. Super. <laughs> My perfect day would start with blank and end with blank.
1: Blankety blank. Blankety, blankety blank. Blank, blank, blank. Blank. No, that's actually a show. Oh, I,
0: oh yeah, cool. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So. <laughs> So my perfect day would start with, well to be honest, like I like starting my day the same way every day. So I guess my day actually always starts off perfect, but then it's like the rest of the day that fucks it up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So morning, I like to have either a matcha latte or just a coffee with a little shot of hazelnut in it. And I make sure that I wake up and get up like an hour earlier than the rest of my household. So that I have that hours peace and quiet, and I like to just sit on. We've a, got a big chair in the kitchen, and I like to just sit on the chair, have my hot drink, whatever that may be, and I stare out the window, and I just be blank.
0: Blankety blank.
1: Blankety blank. Blankety blank, and that is that is really it. That is the perfect start to my morning. And the end. Alright, oh yeah, and the end of the day, um, perfect end. Just. Being at home with the family having a nice meal together we always make sure that we have dinner together at the dining table and <laughs> 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 is that not your perfect end to your day James <laughs>
0: Um, (laughs) producer james James is in the fucking back there laughing his head off
1: he's literally bombing in his mouth he's like oh god that is so cheesy fuck off (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) but that really is it and then like you know i i'd like to have my shower and if i can make an early night god i'm so boring I could make an early night and get into bed by like 10 pm that's my perfect night that never actually happens so mm. perfect end to the night doesn't normally happen dinner part does but not the early night
0: so your perfect start is your matcha and all your coffee and your hour to yourself to be blank and your yeah. end is dinner early night 10.
1: dinner with the family nice chat about our day and yeah early bed love that yeah simple
0: yeah. simple girl yeah simple girl yeah. can't wait to dive into more and finding out more about this simple girl
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god and yours? what's your so, perfect start and end
0: my perfect start is with a green tea i love myself a little green tea mint green, mint matcha green tea mm. it's perfect um i also feel like i like to start my day with some music oh yeah i love some jams in the moon in the morning just you know to, shake my tail feather
1: (laughs) to get your energy up
0: get the energy up um and then my perfect end to the day i've got i've got one that's pc and one that's not pc so i'll say the pc one my perfect end is definitely like a hug and a kiss from Shawnee.
1: oh okay (laughs) we all know what the non-pc one is then
0: Um, and I also really like reading some sort of positive quote or affirmation at the end of the day.
1: Mm, that's nice. Yeah,
0: I feel like that just always fills me up with a nice way to go into my sleep. but means I have a nice peaceful sleep Yeah. and some lovely dreams.
1: That's really nice. I like that. Mm. Very nice. Yeah. Good I'm for you. Sean
0: sure will listen to this and be like, he doesn't like hugging or kissing at night.
1: He likes the know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. Let's start off with our little breathing and sound before we go mm-hmm. any further Are you ready
1: yeah take a deep breath everyone here's a bar, here's a bar. <laughs> lovely she's like stop <laughs> i think three's enough <laughs> three's good
0: okay the magic uh, number. so tell us how was your week what'd you get up to this week
1: Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a blast this week. It's been a blast. Um, I'm actually trying to think before this weekend, what I've actually done and what's happened. It's just been a complete and utter whirlwind. Uh, but really (laughs) my whole brain is focused on the fact that we didn't get to go to Scotland. (laughs) I can't, (laughs) it's at the forefront of my head. It was, uh, unplanned but the rest of the weekend's been super nice
0: you just really not get explained that to everyone I see society didn't didn't know we were going to Scotland
1: we were supposed so ology and his partner Sean um, actually bought um, gifted myself and my partner Ricky flights to Scotland for Christmas which was lovely thank you <laughs> Um and then so we were supposed to go this weekend we Super excited, yeah! You know, bags packed,
0: got ourselves to the, for airport. the
1: shuttle bus, got
0: ourselves <laughs> to the airport, <laughs> drank a couple of nice glasses of prosecco and a shot of tequila.
1: Yeah, yeah, in Smithfield, which is severely overpriced and disgusting.
0: Okay,
1: sorry, the same message. and then anyway, yeah. So it was delayed, delayed, delayed. Gate got called. Went to the gate. After about 20 minutes of standing at the gate, they were like, sorry. No,
0: they sent us a text message. Oh, yeah,
1: they didn't even announce it. They literally sent a bloody email. An
0: email, yeah, Yeah. saying the fight's been cancelled.
1: It was actually one guy came up to us, didn't he? And he was like, have you got this email? Yeah, um, just got this from EasyJet, and I literally thought he was joking because nobody had. You said to him, I mean, "Oh, uh, you're putting our legs. You, no, you, you're absolutely joking." You said to him, "Is this a TikTok? Is this a TikTok?" It's <laughs> a TikTok. Is this a prank. No, like, it's a prank. <laughs> he was like, "No, I wish i was a TikToker." He <laughs> like, "This is an email from EasyJet." I was like, "No, you're having us on."
0: <laughs> and then I look at my phone, and yeah, the email's there, and I literally think I stomped to the front, and I was like. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. excuse me is the flight actually cancelled we <laughs> went yeah it is we're just about to announce it and i was like well do you not think maybe you should have announced it before you sent us a text message
1: yeah that is it was just not on Easy, and they yeah. didn't even give us a, a reason there was absolutely no reason to it they just said flight's been cancelled can you make your way over to blah 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 and then we basically got ushered out of the airport round the back routes <laughs> as if we'd done something wrong <laughs> I was absolutely furious at the the time.
0: The highlight of leaving the airport was when the woman, we walked down the stairs, the woman goes, you right there? Canceled flight? Yeah, this way, please.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is literally her job. Show them some sympathy and the door.
0: (laughs) Yes, that was a nice end to our week, not being able to go to Scotland. But we definitely have seized every moment together. We Since have. Then. We
1: had a nice, busy one on Friday evening, and then we had a nice pub lunch, didn't we, on Saturday mm. in Tring.
0: In Tring, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've not been to Tring for years. That
0: was mm. quite nice. Yeah, it's pretty.
1: Yeah, and then little card game at yours, didn't we?
0: Oh yeah, double.
1: Double. That was really fun.
0: Yeah. If you if you haven't got the game, get it. It's really good. It's like Snap, but like
1: for adults.
0: For adults. Ish. Ish. Yeah.
1: It's a good test of like you know observation and speed
0: yeah speed observation um, and attention to detail yeah mm
1: yeah and I won five times <laughs> Out of, out of 10. I don't know how often you're playing this but yeah, that was literally this, the is second, this is slightly abnormal. It's the second time I've
0: played it I just love oh, it. I don't know. I'm so good at it I can't believe it I found something that I'm literally truly good at.
1: <laughs> Double. Double. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah gosh. it's good fun it's good fun definitely yeah. get it for the fam.
0: Mm. Um, so my week was thanks for asking um <laughs>
1: I just I never I, I never if you did. need a cue I'll ask. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my week, um, I think we've had a really good CC week actually. Again, like really really cool meetings. We were, and went to the Marigami launch. Oh yes, um, and that was a really cool. Nice to be invited to the friends and family launch of the Marigami opening in Charing Cross. That was amazing.
1: How Have I forgotten the whole Are CC you- week? I don't know. <laughs> She got consumed by blank. Scotland and EasyJet.
0: Blankety blank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maragami, that was so nice. That was
0: really nice. We had some great chats with them about upcoming work that we're hopefully going to be doing with them yeah. soon. Um, and then we got invited to the Lucky Saint pub launch on the Wednesday, um, yeah. which was oh, amazing. Loved it. N- nice evening. Good yeah, vibes. It's great
1: Portland Street in Fitzrovia. Very nice little venue. I can't remember what it was called before that, but it was a famous pub—the one the with all the flowers. Arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devonshire Do you remember? Arms. In the summer, you're like, you can't miss it. It was just like covered in flowers.
0: Mm, and now it's called the Lucky Saint, um, and yeah, it's a lovely pub. It's, it's a really, really nice, nice inside, and they've got a little podcast studio called the Confessional, which is really sweet, really yeah. cute. Um and they can you can hire the upstairs space for events it's mm. got meeting space spaces so it's, yeah it's lovely. We had a lovely evening there on Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Um yeah. So yeah cool. We had a really good week, I think. Really, really good week. Yeah. Um but yeah. Anyway, should we move on to uh Word on the Street?
1: Word on the street.
0: Word on the street. On the street.
1: Hmm, what's the word on the street? Word on the street Word on the street
0: Um what have we got?
1: what's the world on the street what have you got so i wanted to highlight I'm gonna actually get it up on my phone <coughs> I've for- actually i've forgotten the lady's name space scientist, best known for presenting bbc ones the sky at night and cbb stargazing is to be honored with a barbie doll dr maggie adrian pocock has been named as a barbie role model for her work promoting science careers to girls and don't really know if you can see it on my phone but that's it wow i just think i actually i love this um bit of news because i i mean i do think that barbie have really expanded their selection of dolls which is mm. amazing they've mm. become much more diverse um but i think that yeah this was it was nice i think it's really important for little girls to to see themselves um, being able to do something like be a scientist or a mathematician or whatever yeah. you know some roles that have in the past always been sort of linked to Men. male gender yeah mm. yeah so that was really nice and she said that I want to inspire the next generation of scientists and especially girls and let them know that STEM which means science technology engineering and maths is for them these subjects are just too important to be left to the guys because through science you can literally change the world
0: Mmm, so true.
1: Yeah, so I thought so that was a magical. nice little bit of celebratory news there.
0: That's nice. I love it when people are doing good things. Yeah. It just makes me feel so happy. My news is not so good.
1: So. <laughs> dun, dun dun
0: dun dun dun. I just saw this and I just thought, what the F. I'll read it to you as it comes live. She's chosen to live a lie, is the headline race faker posing on social justice activist who claimed she was latin south asian and arab descent is unmasked by her own mother who confirms the liar is as white as snow
1: (laughs) (laughs) you couldn't make it up i just i was like what how why why that's what i didn't get why so
0: The Chief Inclusion Officer at a, a Philadelphia-based uh, Quaker group has been outed by her... I love the fact that she's an inclusion officer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's me. her job, yeah. Her job. Call it an inclusion officer, yeah.
0: Um, she was outed by her mother, who said that she has no idea why her daughter claims to be Latin, South Asian and Arab descent, when she is as white as the driven snow. Raquel's colleagues at the American Field Service Committee are now asking whether she is, in fact, an infiltrator acting undermining their work. I definitely feel conned, I feel deceived, said Oscar, a human resources professional who and who, and who participated in this search committee to fill Miss Suwati's position. I just... I, anyway, it goes on. Um, but the accused 39-year-old who converted to Islam in high school has since come out as gay or a culture of... Culture and notice she's the shades of she the shades of bronzer she applies to her face have become darker and darker over time. She is in fact white, but mm. she has pretended to be of ethnic yeah. background descent. Yeah, but I don't know why.
1: So her her background though is let's get it right is British um italian yeah and so let me just german
0: it. yeah i think it was british italian german let me see if i can find a bit i'm trying to scan through this quite a lot of long article yeah british italian german
1: what i don't really understand is number one why she felt the need to um lie about her, her heritage Ra- her name's rachel yeah i know bless her. um why she felt the need to lie about her heritage in the first place? whether what you know was it because that she wanted to she converted to muslim and then felt the need to be more be more affiliated with muslim religion by trying to adopt heritages that i
0: didn't belong to her
1: yeah i just i don't i don't i don't get it but also the thing that actually got me as well was like why is her mum out in her <laughs>
0: Because it's bullshit. Then my but- mum's like, "You're doing this is shit, mate. Stop it. Come back home and be white." Yeah,
1: but why couldn't she just reprimand her behind closed doors? She clearly has as well. Tri- tr-
0: maybe she's tried. Maybe she's she's maybe, maybe Rachel's come home and my mum's gone. Rachel, love, you need to turn down with the bronzer because you look. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: look- I, if that was Maisie, I'd just be like, "What the fuck are you playing at?" <laughs> You know? But she's
0: but she's this woman's taking it away... yeah, she's taking it way too far. And obviously like what the the message that I'm trying to get to people is that you can be whatever you want to be, yeah, right? But you have to remember that sometimes that these the what she's doing when she's taking pretending to be someone else's it's another it's cultural
1: appropriation it's appropriation yeah.
0: she's not gone, she's not gone through any of the the trauma Traumas. that goes comes along with it mm. um, and she is yeah she's she's pretending and it's not fair and it's not nice and it takes the piss out of other people that are actually really going through stuff
1: yeah and if you want to be an ally or an activist for a certain group of people you don't have to pretend to be that one of those people from that group just no. be yourself and and you know fight for what you believe in but don't lie
0: i um i think that, <laughs>
1: that
0: i think that she's probably a bit lost
1: who knows who knows
0: yeah anyway that was my bit of news which i just thought was pretty uh it's
1: quite a wild story isn't
0: it i just i i, read, I, I literally saw the headline and i was like i have to read this because mm. this just sounds so like far-fetched but actually, when I read it, I was like, there's actually quite been quite a few stories like this that ever popped up over the last couple of years. But this one was funny because she was an inclusion lead.
1: I know. <laughs> she she must into- be in a big hole at the moment. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go out. She goes <laughs> in and
0: teaches people about how to be inclusive. Yeah. Knowing fully well that she's lying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how bizarre.
0: Anyway, that was the word on the street, uh, y'all. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um... But interesting to just talk about some of the stuff that's going on out there in the world because it is wild, right? Should we get on to this week's ENI topic of the week? ENI topic of the week.
1: <laughs> yeah, what is the ENI topic of the week? So last Ask. week,
0: last week we talked a lot about the importance of storytelling. We did, um, and about how storytelling can obviously help you to uncover more about people and understand people's experiences, understand people's, um, I guess, intersectionality. Mm. We always go back to intersectionality, you know, we always talk about that. So I think because of that, Mm. uh, this week, I thought it'd be really fun, (laughs) so fun, (laughs) to talk about uh, our stories and share a bit more about our story as individuals, how we got to where we are now doing this work. Yeah. And yeah, share our experiences, I guess, from, from birth.
1: From birth. Wow. <laughs> well, we've only got about forty minutes, so.
0: <laughs> so let's. I thought let's dive in deeper into our personal backgrounds um, and what leads us to this work and hope for the future of equality, equity, and inclusion mm. through let's telling stories. So let's start with you, Louisa. <laughs> who are you? Who, who am I? Who is Louisa Davis?
1: Well. Louisa is somewhat different now from what she was once upon a time, as most of us are. Um, My background, I grew up on a council estate. It was very, like, community-driven, I suppose. But when I was younger, it wasn't very inclusive. Um, For instance, you know, there was a lot of... um, actually let me just give you a bit of story to to what where I come from so the estate that I am from is called South Oxy it was purpose built for to ship people out of the East End into this um estate because I actually don't know what the reason was the East End was overflowing with people or whatever um and it was built in the 1950s so just after the war is that right mm. um so yeah shipped a load of people over from the East End into South Oxy and it was basically just a white council estate no no other ethnic ethnicities at all um so there was loads of like groups of people who were racist and there was a lot of like graffiti on the walls like NF National Front all of that mm. so my primary school I went to Warren um obviously everyone was like white uh and it wasn't until I, think I was in like year two or year three um a Somalian family moved into the community um one of the one of the kids was in my year and one of the kids was in year above me I think or two years above me names were Sugary and Omar and I remember them so well because I was like oh different people <laughs> and, <laughs> and actually i i think this is where i first sort of uh experienced like racism because a lot of the other kids like just were not very nice to them they didn't have you know the easiest journey i think with the in the uh, initial months uh maybe even years uh for when they joined a school um so that was that like, that was my young 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 childhood um got older i, I how did, many
0: siblings do you have
1: Mum? I'm just talking about my childhood first. Oh. So then got to yeah, got to year six. Obviously, then you go to secondary school. So I had been at a dance school, Gypsy Booth. (laughs) Love Gypsy Booth. Um, since the age of six. So my mum, bless her heart, she literally just scrimped and scraped to put me through this dance school. And (laughs) bless her i love my mom um and she did that because she was like she wanted me to have a better she wanted me to have more opportunity than what she had Mm. and what you know the other kids from my area were having um my mum's not actually from the estate she came from wheat Hampstead, so she's from little countryside my granddad's a vicar um so she wasn't really used to this like estate life but anyway whatever with that So she put me through dance school, got to year six and then there was pretty shitty secondary schools around the area and then a couple of nice ones which were in Bushy and she didn't want me to go to certain schools, uh, also didn't want to go to them and they just didn't have a very good reputation, they didn't have a you know a high rate of uh, kids coming out of there and then going on to better things in life. So I went for Bushy Meads, didn't get it but you sometimes have the opportunity to appeal, so my mum appealed, and she was like it was probably one of the worst things that I've ever had to go through. She was like there was a panel of like really, just posh um just posh people, really, you know, who have like done super well, and then there's my mum who's like just had a kid at 17 she was like you know from the estate she's lost her posh accent by then (laughs) and then trying to get a kid like selling her kid basically to get into this school Mm. and anyway she did it and I did get in in the end I was the only child from my area to get into that school um and that was off of the grounds of going to the dance school so basically they were like well she's got something to give us so We'll give her a place mm. which is amazing so it's my mum um to answer your question i've got i've got two brothers one's 26 harley one's theo he's 16 in a month then i've got a half sister who's older than me and my dad has got two other kids as well which i don't really see uh lily and alfie um so yeah there's quite a few of us <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> scattered around that's a clan yeah it is yeah so so yeah so that's my that's my background um i I went through school so i got all new friends um all lived in bushy all had completely different lives to me um but really like broadened my perspective and i guess my like ambition i suppose Mm. um yeah and i just yeah that yeah my friends have like very heavily influenced my life like and, and my goals and, yeah, my aspirations, I suppose. Uh, don't get me wrong, we all got into a lot of shit when we were at school. Mm-hmm. We were naughty sometimes. But um, I think because they came from somewhere where they were surrounded by people who had more than, than I was surrounded by, mm. it, it kind of made me want to do better.
0: Mm.
1: And it gave me, like, an, an idea of a different kind of life that I could have. So... Yeah, so i left school i did my a levels i did art and graphics has always been always been very like creative always been into that sort of stuff um and then from school worked in hospitality for a little stint i did um yeah waitressing bar work and did the finances the finance accounts for um, a couple bars and that was only for about a year and then i got into the fashion industry and was in the fashion industry for i don't know like 15 years or something um did loads of different jobs product development um i did trend forecasting designing um what else have i done photography retouching yeah all sorts all sorts of stuff in the fashion industry Hmm. Uh, (laughs) hoard it around (laughs) (laughs) yeah I wanted to try different things because i didn't really know what it was that i wanted to do Mm. um so i did loads of different things and then i landed with photography and retouching that was kind of um yeah where i stayed for quite some time like eight years and through that whole experience i think like i met so many different people along the way um got treated really badly in a couple of like rag trade uh suppliers that i worked for um yeah really not nice experiences I was quite young as well when that went on and i didn't really i've always been a rebel as in like i've always stood my ground mm. and been able to fight your corner fight my corner yeah <laughs> but i think in the workplace at that age i was must have been like 22 or something like that i didn't really find my feet with it mm. until like a bit later on in in my life um so like this guy just used to ask me to do the most ridiculous things like I remember once he he was like you need to come I was working in production there and he was like you need to come with me uh I've, I'm going to oh god what was it called west something west one or something like that this cheap shop um that we used to supply for He's like, you need to come here to their office. um We're going to meet the CEO, and he's going to choose some stuff, and you need to wear the clothes. I was like, what? He's like, you need to be the fit model. Normally, you would hire people in to do that. Mm. So I was like, all right, whatever. Went along with him, and when I say this guy was just a fucking perv, he was just disgusting. Mm. And he was like, sat there behind his desk, like. Ugh and then my boss at the time he was like right Louisa don't put that on go and put that on and I was changing behind this tiny little like screen <laughs> and I was so uncomfortable and then every time I came out the guy was like turn around and I was like what he's like turn around so I'm literally like turning around standing there like this is not right this is not right and I felt so degraded Mm. and awful I ended up actually leaving that place about a week later I did this so like super EastEnders scene <laughs> he used to pay me cash in hand right and he said so he, he gave me the money well he didn't give me the money so he said something to me that was really rude and I just had enough and I literally stood up and I was like I quit I quit <laughs> I quit <laughs> and I did and I ran. we was like on the second floor and I ran down the stairs and I, the, the guy this is how fucking horrible he was right he came out and he went nobody gives a shit and he threw my money at me down the stairs stop yeah. it yeah and I I was so like oh my god I can't I just walked out I left the money there but one of the other girls actually came out after she called me and she was like don't go don't go i've got your money for you she picked it all up for me and brought it out she was like, i'm really sorry that happened i was like i was fuming <laughs> um anyway i digressed. Uh, so yeah so like lots of different weird experiences i had through the fashion industry like especially working with rag trade mm. and then moving into like um luxury fashion um that was a bit more different obviously it's more corporate um but with that comes like i don't know i was always looked at differently because i didn't go to university Mm. so i was always treated somewhat differently whether it was like positive or negative because sometimes i had like i was used as a bit of a case study Mm. like oh well look at louisa she's made it here and she didn't go to university (laughs) like i don't know if that's a compliment or not like i can't work it out (laughs) Um, and then sometimes people just wouldn't put me on things because they didn't think that I had the skill set. Mm. But I worked so hard um, and I like, got super attention to detail. And half the time, the people that were doing that, they, some of these projects and I was like looking over them and then being like, what, why? That's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Then it would go back to that person. But I wasn't actually involved. So I shouldn't have like given them the indications. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah it should have been me that was leading it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, You were given you were helping other people to lead when actually you should have just been given the opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I that before.
1: So, um it was really like then I, at my last place so I worked for Burberry, um it was there that I kind of found my feet in terms of like what I really like to do. I got the opportunity to work a lot with uh, like CSR, corporate social responsibilities and employee engagement um and like work on different projects to do with well-being and E&I and I just really enjoyed it that's what I really liked I knew that people were my passion so having like all these little different um experiences within the fashion industry and then like you know experiencing somewhat of a toxic work culture in terms of like there's this there's this um sort of Message within the fashion industry that if you work yourself into the ground, then you get to wear a badge of honour, mm. and it was just not on. <laughs> so, I started to kind of advocating for different things and different initiatives, and that's kind of what led me to um to well to un- understand that this is the this is actually where I want to be. Mm.
0: Yeah. What yeah. a journey.
1: Yeah. You I forgot, mean, uh,
0: you forgot you had a daughter.
1: Oh right. Yeah, but I had. <laughs> <that. laughs> <laughs>
0: There's nowhere she came in.
1: That story. I just feel like I've I've probably forgot loads of stuff that I probably should tell you. But yeah, I've got a daughter. She's seven. um, Yeah, and a partner. (laughs) Yeah, quite. Yeah, a partner who I've been with for five years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, amazing. And I think also like you having a child in the workplace actually made like that was such a huge part of your. Advocating for advocating advocating for wanting to do better, especially for being a you know at the time you were a single mum.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. It was so hard, like because you know I used to get up at I can't I don't even know what time it is so like half five. I don't drive, so I used to chuck Maisie in the buggy at like six in the morning, walk to the station, which is about a fifteen minute walk, get to bushy, drop her off at her nursery for like seven thirty get into work finish work come back do the same journey back home and after like a couple of years I just was like this is fucking ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually ridiculous. I'm exhausted yeah <laughs> for what as well for like pittance wage and not seeing my daughter
0: yeah
1: I hated that I got so depressed in life mm. and I was like this is I'm actually not seeing her spending any time with her
0: yeah and there was no like compromise in at that time of like trying to find a work pattern that worked better better for you
1: oh no no like before before the pandemic like that company was like you have to be here every day, every day. And you've got to be in the office otherwise the work would not get done yeah and unfortunately enough in that respect um they were able to see that actually people can be productive and re- work remotely when working in that industry um and if not be more productive than being in the office because it's like fucking pandemonium when you're in mm. the showroom in the office.
0: So just to obviously, there's so much more that we can dive into, and we probably will dive into more as we go along the, on, on the poddy But just for the for our society, what was the one thing you'd say you learned um, from from I guess up until now? What's the one big thing that's that you've learned about yourself?
1: About myself. About yourself. Oh bloody hell! I mean, I I don't know if you could if you'd notice, but I hate talking about myself.
0: Really, you just spoke about yourself for about good twenty minutes. I
1: know, but like <laughs> I'm like my voice is shaking. I'm fidgeting again. <laughs> James doesn't have a go at me. I'm fidgeting. <laughs> um, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, what what? what, what I at? don't I don't know. I don't know. Like honestly, there's so many there's so many things. Like probably just one thing I've learned about myself is that I just need to trust in myself and listen to my inner voice all of, always All the whispers yeah always that is, yeah that is um that is it because there's been so many moments i think throughout my career as well where i've been like this isn't right this isn't right this isn't right and i'm just like ignored it ignored it ignored it and not always but yeah there are sometimes i've kicked up a stink but Mm. not enough times
0: listen to the whispers because the whispers become louder and louder and then they become huge
1: earthquakes yes they do (laughs) (laughs)
0: fabulous well thank you for sharing even if it was slightly uncomfortable for you (laughs) it was nice to i mean i knew all of it before but it was nice to hear it all again and for our society to hear it as well um so thank you
1: yeah thanks (laughs) thanks for asking (laughs) all right hello um what about you oh god let's
0: hear about you oh dear i need to make this one short and sweet
1: i feel like we should have just done an episode each
0: yeah (laughs) yeah that's a bit long though people want to listen to a whole episode each of our stories jesus (laughs) go on delve Um, into it so i um i grew up in london so i'm a north london boy um born and and bred in north london um went to school in north london so i grew up in harlesden um and i am one of three one of one of four one of yeah one of four shit (laughs) (laughs) i'm one of four so i have got an older brother um who lives in america he's a pilot Um, and I've got two younger brothers, one called, um, uh, um, and he works in IT. He is 30, something or the other, 32, 33, 33. He's 33. He works in IT. He's also a DJ. Um, he travels the world. He lives a very, very bougie lifestyle. Um, he is Burner Boy's DJ. Grammy Award winner, (laughs) Burner Boy. Um, and yeah, he, he lives... (laughs) I actually some, sometimes feel slightly jealous of his life. It's is, <laughs> is wild, the things he gets up to. Um, and then I've got a young youngest brother who is Olamide, and he is also um, a DJ but also works in supply chain. Um, so I come from a big family. We're Nigerians. You know, my parents are. My mum and my dad are Nigerian. Um, and my, my parents are also born-again Christians. So there's so many layers to mm-hmm. our family, I think, in terms of just understanding... Uh, culture, um, but I yeah went grew up in North London, in Harlesden for a long time. We lived in Harlesden. It was it was quite a nice little life. I went to school in a predominantly black area, um, um, black and Asian. I'd say there many white people in that time in in, in Harlesden, um, but it was quite rough at the time. Mm. There was quite a lot of violence. I lived in a council estate, similar to you, with council estate. People we? <laughs> <laughs> And there was a lot of violence, and I think I think if I remember correctly that someone got shot in our block of flats mm. um and my mum was like, "We need to go, mm. we need to go we need to pack our shit, we need to leave um and I just don't remember how long it was when that happened, but I remember like it was' it was a quick transformation, and we my mum was like, we're moving you're going to stay at your aunties My auntie was like my mum as well, and she lived in halst in in Hampstead mm. she was like "You're going to stay at your your aunties for Christmas for the Christmas vacation, so we went' and stayed there." And after christmas we'd moved to watford <laughs> and it was like we didn't even get a chance to transition or to like yeah it what was, a culture shock it was literally like mm. after christmas you're in watford you're mm. in watford and now you're in watford and there's no black people
1: yeah, it must have felt like yeah, <laughs> bloody suburbs, completely it like countryside. I always
0: remember. I think I cried. I think I cried quite a lot. I think I was like distraught because I had a really good close friend called Michaela, and me and Michaela were like, who we were just like, we grew up together, we were really close. Mum used to tell me, you and Michaela were like twins; you can't be separated. Oh. Um, I don't even know what happened to Michaela. Michaela, if you're listening, reach out. <laughs> St. Mary's massive, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So we moved to Watford, and like within a within a, a blink of an eye, we were in a completely different culture. We were in this area where we didn't feel comfortable. I went to school in a predominantly white area. There was not many other people of color around us. Mm. Um, and uh, and then yeah, I went to I went to school in in Watford, um, Holyrood. Then went to St. Michael's um and i think as i when i went when i went when i was in school i think i realized i was different when i went to secondary school i realized it was even more different because i didn't feel comfortable in my skin Mm. um i was always i've always been big big person so i've always been big boned um (laughs) (laughs) and i stood out like a sore thumb and also i've always been quite you know some may call it effeminate some may call it you know sassy i've always been Fabulous. Yeah,
1: um, I so, was going to say fabulous, darling. <laughs> totally. Um,
0: and but I didn't know what that even really meant, yeah. uh, and so I was really struggling with my blackness and also struggling with you know my gen my identity not gender identity my my sexuality. Mm. Um, and so that struggle I think really made me slightly angry sometimes. Mm. Um, I got bullied a lot at school. Because of my size, I used to get called Frank Bruno all the time. I used to get pushed and shoved on the bus. I used to get chewing gum thrown at me. I used to literally, yeah, it was fucking horrendous at some mm-hmm. points in school. Um, and I think it's the name calling that just really like d- digs at you for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I left school um, after doing my GCSEs and I was like, I needed a fresh start. I just needed to like go and try and refine who I am um, because I wasn't really, I wasn't anybody at school, at high school. I just felt like I had a small little group of friends, but I didn't know who I was. So I went to college and kind of reinvented myself as junior. um, And that's when I met you. (laughs) um and then i yeah and i had reinvented myself as this person who was confident because i wasn't confident at school i think there was an element of me trying to be a bit confident in year 11 and i started to think i was starting to fall on to being becoming a bit of a bully and a bit mean Mm -hmm. so i'm glad that didn't follow me through um yeah so then i then i came out of my shed a bit more in college and i became a bit more sassy um (laughs) um Anyway, developing so that ever since. Yeah, just, that's just been a just stepping stone now, just to how fabulous and sassy I can become. Um, and and then yeah, and then I think it, I would study hospitality because I always wanted to. I always wanted to open my own restaurant. And that was always my dream. Yeah. I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Paris and study Le Cordon Bleu. And I wanted to be a, a chef. I wanted to open my own fabulous restaurant. And unfortunately, when you come from a Nigerian family there's just this um especially Nigerians that live in the UK who think that there this is there's only a certain few things that you can do that are going to make you successful and that is accountancy um, law or medicine mm. and you know mm. if you don't step into those three categories then you're not going to be successful mm. and my mum and dad were like if you don't go to university you can't be successful there was just so many rules to, and the goal was always to be successful and that was driven into me um, yeah. from a young young age so when I finished when I did hospitality at college my mum and dad weren't exactly happy with it yeah but they did it anyway um, and then when I finished college I wanted to go travelling because. Everywhere, one of our friends Sam was going traveling. And I was yeah. like, I want to go traveling. And, my and dad were like, Do you fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Do you fuck? You're going to university, you twat. <laughs> you can't go anywhere unless you go to university. And I did not want to go to university because I just mm. wasn't interested in it, and also like I had to pay for it myself. It wasn't like they were going. You go to university, here's the money for it. Yeah. <laughs> I was having to pay for it myself. So I was like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then so I, I was like, I'm not going to do law or medicine. I just not I'm not that kind of academic person. I wanna I'm creative, I'm you know, mm. fabulous, I'm sassy, I wanna be doing something fun. So the compromise was that I went to university to study events management. Um, yeah. which again they weren't best pleased with. And I decided that I needed to get to university as far away from home as possible. Yeah. I did not have to <laughs> see my family. So I went to Leeds Met. Yeah. Um, which I knew they could never pop in and say hello. Um that was my that was literally my aim, which is really sad. I think I felt like I was the odd one out in my family growing up because my two younger brothers are uh, I would say quote unquote very black. Um, when I and I think I lost my blackness from when I moved away from Harlesden, mm. I lost that kind of connection to my culture mm. and my blackness. And I was surrounded by a lot of, of white people. Yeah. Um, and then I went to college and I was surrounded by a gaggle of white girls. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I think at like one point or another, I lost my identity as to who I was as a black man. Um, and when I went to university, I think it just got worse. because <laughs> I was just more white girls. I just got surrounded by more <laughs> white girls, and yeah, I just completely lost my blackness. It was really weird. Like it's weird thinking about it because I knew that it was happening because I would see the black kids at uni, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and connect with them. I would always feel super comfortable being around white girls or white people, but I felt super uncomfortable with 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 black people, and it was really bizarre. Um, and I can I now know why it was because I wasn't comfortable with my sexuality, I wasn't comfortable with my skin, I wasn't happy with my body. I was literally like, I was running away from all the things that were making me sad and I was throwing them into everything else that would make me happy, which was going out drinking. Mm. So uni was amazing, had the best time, had to meet the best people, but I was angry. Mm. If someone said that I was gay, oh my God, are you gay? And I, I would literally lose my shit. I yeah. would get into fights, physical fights. And people would help stick up for me and be like, "He's not gay. He's not gay. He's he's been with girls. He's been with girls." Guilty. <laughs> and I was literally like, "Yeah, I've been with girls." Alone. <laughs> um, and I did that through the Aww. whole of uni. It was. It was. And actually, when I think about it, I always say this to people: like, I never regret anything, but. I, I do wish that I did uni as me because mm. I think it would have been such an, an incredible experience and Leeds has got such an amazing LGBT community mm. and I think I would have just really liked I mean I, I dipped my toes. <laughs> <laughs> i dipped my toes when i was in leeds but yeah um and then so uni finished and i worked in hospitality while i was at uni i've always worked in hospitality since i was 15 yeah I worked to teach you fridays and then every, i've worked in so many different restaurants uh, pubs hotels in different roles back of house front of house i've always stayed in hospitality because that's what I might like that's what I wanted to do, that's what made me happy, it's where I felt comfortable. It was the only place I didn't have to tell people who I was or what I like what what I was. Like didn't have to go in and be like, hi, I'm on I'm on a G Day, I'm gay, or Yeah, I'm straight or whatever. There was no questioning my sexuality or questioning anything about me. You
1: just um, be
0: you. I'd just be me. And like there was no like people taking the piss of my size or whatever. Like it was just like I got into went into work and actually this people that like, guests that came in and I served them were always like Super nice to me and like mm. just really like I don't know like open. So that was my place. And when I left uni, I was working in a restaurant, um, and it was really going to be closed down. I'm the manager at the time, who was great, great, great mentor. He said, "Go if you really want to do this, to take it seriously. You need to go and get some education around how to manage a and L, how to do marketing for a restaurant, all the like bits and bobs that it takes to run a restaurant." He said to me at the time, "There's a company called the Restaurant Group." who do a great MIT program, which would really give you the basics for foundations for where you want to go. So I did that when I worked with the TRG group um, at Frankie and Benny's in Lakeside um, and hated it. Um, (laughs) I literally hated it, I was living in a hotel, I was eating shit food, I was miserable. And then I got moved to Watford, which made me slightly happier, Um, but it just wasn't for me. The restaurant brand was not for me. I didn't enjoy it, I didn't Mm. get to see my friends. Everyone was going out. It was like mid-twenties. Unless anyway.
1: we popped in for a pre-drink. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was mid-twenties. Everyone was like going out. Everyone was finding themselves. Everyone was getting into relationships. And I was working Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. Yeah. I wasn't, I just didn't have a life. And I literally looked in the mirror one day and I was like, you are spotty as hell. You are really, really overweight and <laughs> you need to like sort yourself out. Um, and so I, yeah, I left there. And I, again, was still really unhappy with myself. I just wasn't comfortable in my skin. Comfortable in my skin. That's a song. Um, and then, um, and then I moved. And I kind of, think it was one Sunday night. I was had a shit shift, and someone came in and was like, "Have you ever thought about working in recruitment?" And I was like, H- "Have I fuck? I don't want to work in recruitment. I'm not a salesman. I hate sales." Um, and that night, I called him because he gave me a business card, and within a week, I'd moved into recruitment. Yeah. Um, and I was in recruitment for for over ten years. Um, just because I started off hating it as you do because I started on a cold desk and then I realised that the opportunity to meet so many different types of people mm. from different walks of life, different cultures, different newer diverse, different diversions, it was amazing. I literally loved it. And I got to see some incredible events and work with some amazing clients and yeah. And some of those people that I worked with when I was working in recruitment are people that I'm now super close with. And I think that's helped me build my network. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was when I was t- 23, 24, that I actually finally decided to come out. Yeah. <laughs> Which was as dramatic as obviously I am. Christmas day, Christmas Eve, tell my parents I was gay, <laughs> mum had a panic attack. Dad was amazing. Um, and I didn't even realize my brother was sitting in the corner the whole time. He didn't even tell me that a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, oh my God. he was like, I was there, I was in the room. And I was like, where were you? Where were you? He was like, I was in the corner supporting you. And I was like, oh. Didn't realize that. Was... Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you told me to come down with you. So I did. I came oh. downstairs and told mum and dad with you. And I was like, oh, I didn't even remember that. Um.
1: Bless.
0: But that was like the biggest like achievement for me to be able to tell my parents that I yeah, was gay. Yeah. Um, actually I was bi at the time. Um, <laughs> because that was the easiest. You dip your toe and then eventually you come out properly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, that was amazing. Um and I guess since then, I have been really, really fortunate enough to have parents that have supported my journey of exploration of myself. Mm. There's been some, you know, serious moments where we've all had to learn. I think that's the thing as well. where like, I always expected my parents to come out and my parents just to be like, oh, amazing, you're gay or amazing oh, or you're not, you're gay. We don't want to be like, my thing was either they're going to be amazing or they're going to kick me out. Yeah. There was no like me thinking in my head, there's going to be a time where they're going to need to adjust to this new Way of having a son who's gay, being born again Christians, that whole yeah. thing for them was huge. So there was a lot of learning for both of us, um, and a lot of us, me having to be patient with them, vice versa. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and and since then they've been they've been great. You know, I I have been in relationships, and they've, well my dad has been, he's got better. The, fir- the first serious relationship, my dad was like, "I'm not having any of it. <laughs> not for me." <laughs> I'll still be your, I'll still be your dad, but I'm not I'm not meeting him. Um, and
1: Maybe he wasn't the right one.
0: But he also he wasn't the right one. Yeah. absolutely not. Thank fuck for that, Dad. You didn't meet him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hope you're listening. Jesus.
0: <laughs> messy, messy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got engaged um, to this per said person that my dad didn't meet. I planned a wedding, um, and 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 then he left. He decided to walk out the door.
1: Walk out the door. Turn around, <sighs> it's not happening anymore. The week after he bought his wedding shoes.
0: Yeah, it was the week of him buying his wedding shoes. Week um Yeah, I, I actually, and I was the one that proposed as well, which was fucking not something I ever thought I would do because I always thought that I would be the person that be proposed to. But yeah, so that, I mean, there's so many things that I could talk about that have shaped my life, but that definitely was one of the things that shaped my, shaped me as a person, as... Mm. Someone who's watched a lot of their friends go through a lot of heartache. Yeah. I always said, I'm never gonna allow any man to fucking make me cry. Yeah. Ever. And uh he did.
1: He, fucking, oh, he did.
0: He broke me. Um but I was able to rebuild myself from having the best circle of people. And my dad was one of those people that actually was like there to like he actually offered to move into my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you want me to come and stay over? I was like, no um but yeah i i then yeah and then started to build and then realized that there were so many things that i needed to change in my life and that was one of them was my job mm. um and i needed to make sure that i got what i deserved because i was in a job where i was working there for a long time uh and this was this was at spoons and i was you know heading up recruitment for spoons and i wasn't getting the, the the credit for what I was doing. You know, it's a huge business and I was doing it all on my own at one point. And yeah, so I was like, after that after that breakup, I was like, you know what? I deserve better and everything in life. Yeah,
1: you um, had a whole switch up, didn't
0: you? Switched it all up. For the first time living on my own. Yeah. It was loads of firsts. Um, and, you know, and then we had that conversation in the pub and we were like, let's fucking start a business. Let's
1: start a business. Let's
0: start a business and start getting what we deserve. Yeah. And let's start helping other people to get through some shit
1: get what they deserve
0: get what they deserve so mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of my story in an nutshell. there's so much more i could t- talk about but i'm very conscious of you know this is a podcast, not a, a Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet, anyway. So, yeah, that's probably where I would, I'll leave it. But, like, I'm now in a loving relationship with good old Shawnee boy, mm. um, who just allows me to be me, even if I am a little bit much. And even <laughs> if I do come home from the hairdressers with a toupee on my head. <laughs> <I
1: have to. laughs> Hello. new is ism it's
0: a new ism mm. i just shake my head now yeah. um but yeah he's he's amazing um and and yeah you know i'm i'm always learning and growing from the people that i surround myself with and i think from living my true authentic self means i actually hear people more yeah Does that makes sense like because before i think i wasn't living my truth true authentic self so i wasn't really listening to what everyone else was saying or to other people's problems. I wasn't really taking it all in. And now because I'm able to, I don't know, it's weird to, to, to see what I'm trying to say. Like it's like, I, it's like a different, a third eye has been opened now because I feel like I'm really happy with where I am, who I am, what I'm doing, that I'm now really able to pay more attention to things around me. Whereas before I think I lived this real tunnel vision. Mm. Mm. So yeah.
1: yeah. Still working on your patience though, aren't you? Oh, fuck off.
0: <laughs> Still working on my patience. I mean, this afternoon I picked Louisa, up and she's like, I feel like you've been really snappy at the moment. I was like, do you know what? I just feel like everyone's getting at me.
1: Everyone <laughs> likes to point out my
0: flaws. Everyone likes to point out my flaws. I was like, do you know what? Sometimes I just like to just be me.
1: Yeah. And being me means you have to be snapped at once in a while or more regularly sometimes <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're, we're all imper- versa. we're all imperfectly imperfect that's what we all need to remember and oh absolutely yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely.
1: Well, it's been one hell of a journey well, hope has. that you um hope that you all enjoyed that
0: yeah I hope you took something from it like I think it's important to always share stories and we'll always continue to share. Stories with our societies, the CC society. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, if you want to ask us anything that you feel like we haven't touched on, then please do. Ask yeah. Away.
0: Send them out. We're them open up books. On the WhatsApp, on the WhatsAppy, or if you want to message us on the TikTok, WhatsAppy. see <laughs> If you want to <laughs> message us on the TikTok,
1: um G Day is bringing out his own dictionary things. He keeps oh. making.
0: Up words. <laughs> Constantly. Um but yeah, we'll always continue to storytell and to share mm. our experiences with you all because that's just that's what Class. we are. We're real. We're real. <laughs> We're real. We're <laughs> real. Anyway, let's yeah. move on to uh the questions part. I've actually only got one big question that I want us to talk about, and if you have got a bit of time, we'll see if there's any more, but there's one that I definitely want to mm. discuss. Hold on. Um, it got messaged into the WhatsApp, the appy. Uh, here it is. So it says, You ready? Ready. Hello, Louisa and Ola G Day, literally the best people in the world. Well done with your podcast. I absolutely love it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, my question for you today is since you talked about your favorite fiction books and Harry Potter came up, that made me think of the Caesar in 2020 when Adele Hanel. Walked out the ceremony when Polinski received many prize prizes for his movie, while the guy is known for sexually harassing women. As for J.K. Rowling, she's an extremely talented writer who created the brilliant world of Harry Potter that we all love, but she's heavily protesting against LGBTQIA+ rights mm. and having some really degrading discourses discourse about the community. Sorry, mm. saying that. I guess my question is. Is it possible to separate the art from the artist? And if we do separate them, meaning we don't boycott them or cancel them, does that make us bad allies? Thank you. Great question.
1: Yes, that is a great question. Mm. That's very nice.
0: Can we separate the art from the artist?
1: I honestly think that that just depends on the individual. To be honest, I as think in the person
0: that's trying to separate them. Yeah. Yeah. For
1: me personally, I I I am I can do that. Um, you know, a person's views and opinions about a particular group is subject to that person and is personal to that person and the work that they've produced is for the masses and open to interpretation so I think being able to separate I can separate the in this instance JK Rowling choosing that box Harry Potter books they're in this box Harry Potter books have helped a whole world of children and adults alike and well she's just i don't want to say anything she's
0: a vessel to get that message out she's not the she's she's do you see what i mean
1: no absolutely i've just got one particular word in my head that is really bad and i can't i don't want to say it because it's really
0: say it no i
1: can't it's the one word that everyone hates
0: oh (laughs) see you next tuesday Mm. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Mm, yeah, I would agree. Um, what do I think? I think I'm sort of the same as you, really. I kind of feel like... I know, we brought up a couple of things on this on this episode, on this podcast, sorry, not this episode, on, on you know, so far about a couple of people. So, Beyonce...
1: Yeah.
0: ...Burner Boy, J.K. Rowling. We've brought up a couple of people that have made mistakes. Will I stop... Will I boycott them and, and not mm. listen to their music? Uh, no. Mm. You know, will I stop watching Harry Potter films? Probably not. Mm. However... I will hold them accountable and hope that they are able to come back from this and go. This is what I. This is why I've done this. I'm sorry for doing this. J.K. Rowling, obviously, she's never going to do that because she's already. She's a point Bank said, but actually, like yeah. other people, I always. It's always a hope that they're going to come back and rectify the situation. Yeah. Um. But I can. I can honestly separate. And also, like the, for instance, I know I've been asked this a bit already about Burner Boy and like the homophobic slurs, and I'm like, the thing is a Burner Boy in Nigeria mm. that is the culture yeah the culture yeah. is Nigerians the law in Nigeria is you know there's no um the, the there's no same sex marriage allowed yeah. there's no same sex rela- relationships allowed the penalty is death yeah so you know for him and his culture what he knows homophobic slurs is okay because yeah. it's against the law mm. so i kind of have to take each situation as it comes individually, individually yeah. Um, and I also think that Burna Boy has done an incredible, incredible Service amount to, of work yeah. for African culture and for Nigerian mm. culture, especially bringing the music to the masses. Like yeah. I would, ne- I growing up, if I I would never thought that Nigerian music or Nigerian artists would be a Grammy Award winner.
1: Yeah,
0: like it just wasn't something that we grew up with. Yeah, so absolutely. having that now and that accessibility to the music and letting other people understand the music and, and learn that representation from it. and know, that representation for. for-
1: other he, young nigerian people yeah like, just to be able to see that that somebody has made it as far as he's made it
0: and that's what he's always trying to do he's always trying to educate people around africa yeah. and nigeria yeah and so i kind of go yeah you know what no one's perfect yeah you know mm-hmm. so yeah i can sometimes separate the artist from the art because sometimes the art that they're producing is making such a huge impact that yeah sometimes you go mm-hmm okay it's not about
1: letting it slide or brushing it under the carpet it's not about that it is um yeah it's about it's it's about balancing it out
0: balance yeah but great question thank you so much thank um as we always say it's great to have the questions from our c society continue to send them in and we will continue to try and get through them and come back to you there's a couple more questions that we'll say for next week yeah um but let's get on to manny's of the
1: oh look at you i'm picking up your little nail tapping
0: you are oh my god i can't wait to get my nails done um (laughs) what is your manifestation for this week
1: i am manifesting tidiness today i have been out buying little boxes to put my shit into and organize and basically like hinching the house I don't I don't I don't actually watch or know anything about Mrs. Hinch. I just hear the girl say it a lot. So I'm adopting <laughs> that phrase. I'm hinching. I have no idea what um, it means. <laughs> I think she's a cleaner. She is. I uh, think she, well, I don't know, she's
0: not cleaner, but she brought out like a I don't know. Brought, <laughs> it's by the by. It's
1: by the by. I'm hinching. Um, so yeah, my money this week is um organisation. Mm. Yeah, I'm organizing life. Okay. I'm starting afresh tomorrow. Ray. Fabulous. That's my money. Okay. Uh,
0: my manifestation for this week is going to be working on my snappiness. I do I, <laughs> I do actually know that I do snap sometimes. But I, 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 I'm aware of it, but I also don't feel like I need to call, be called out on it all the time. Anyway, um, but yeah, I need to work on my... Do you know what it is? I need to work on listening... To what the person that's talking or I think is snapping at me what they're actually saying so that I don't snap back because sometimes it's not even it's like I'm not, I am not actually listened to them properly what they're actually saying and what the message is I'm just immediately just snapping and so it's sometimes it's just about listening and taking it in and and just taking a second taking a beat mm, yeah likewise mm. oh. so that's my manifestation not Enough being snappy
1: love it absolutely here for it here for it (laughs) 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 snap snap snap
0: snap 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 right and i think that's it we're there we're
1: there there. again another
0: episode thank
1: you of the body
0: done well everyone see you later stay brave stay curious
1: and stay honest peace out